the dirty uh, Liverpool ocean water is, is got some superpowers in there right now because, man, that table, that's all Liverpool. Look, since, um, we're, br- since we're bringing up dirty Liverpool, yeah. Um, thanks to you guys for, um, for, for replying to my uh, Twitter post about trying to figure out how to order gear. Oh, you have to explain sudden, that a little bit. I, I didn't understand the whole the whole context. Look, I, I I had a moment of weakness in what is it? Moment of um, innocence in the aspect that if I would ask a Twitter how how do they get their their you know their their um, the EPL gear you know would be would be I would get some nice legitimate answers and I did not right. Eventually, Corey Shreppel tagged whoever is the representative for Liverpool gear. And then they just kept on tweeting at me, asking me if I wanted to change sides. And I was like, no. I was like, are you sure, mate? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't look better in red? No, no, I do not look better in red. The only red I'll wear is the Peruvian red. So, uh, yeah, so like I I left myself wide open for that. (laughs) One of the reasons why I hate Liverpool. That's what hilarious. I do know um, is that we need more Rodrigo doing British accent content. <laughs> we definitely need to increase that for our subscribers. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez, Javeria, and Eric Silva. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Show as we gather here on this gloomy, gloomy, gloomy December Saturday. Um, myself, Rodrigo, Eric, Sheila, and of course Bridget are all here to talk about well, one of the things that we like to talk about soccer and beer. But I want to talk <laughs> about this beer content because I saw all these Please. tweets going out. Go ahead. How like that plum beer is like 8% alcohol, <laughs> which like explains a lot. Where like when I chug the beer, <laughs> and I had the sense of calm just to sit down for a second and evaluate my life. Yeah, you yeah, were not alone. I, I wish I had known about the. I didn't look at the bottle. I wish I had known about the eight percent because I definitely had that beer last week, and it is not a good idea to have a very alcoholic beer at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like not a good idea. I just, I, I, I have always, every time I day drink, I'm, I always say, tell myself, the last time I day drank significantly was during the World Cup. But every time I say never again, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. Well, you all were, were not alone. Uh, yeah, like Rodrigo was saying, there were, there was some commentary on it, but it's, it sounds like you guys are complaining about a good time, as far as I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when I was yeah, in engulfed in mine, yeah. I was I already had drank a couple more, and I was recording. We were recording the fifty fifty five one episode, and then I took out the plums, and then it was like, and it was like, whoa, this this podcast got a lot better. 
all of a sudden. So yeah, shout out to uh, Hobclouds, to Eric's plums, and anyone who wants to uh, wants to be part of that. You know, www.patreon.com backslash Minnesota Football Show. I already hit up Hobclouds, and I'm he's looking he's looking to make some more ones as the weather turns above 32 degrees. Hopefully, that will be. Because that was good, I have to admit. I, I was that was that was the best surprise out of all of them. Like the hops yeah. tasted good, but the plums was the surprise of all. There's demand, and and the issue is, I mean, I had a lot of those plums, but I've used a number of them already. I've, I've got them already brewing in the wine in the basement. Um, I'll have to check. I, I don't think I have a different species from yet another neighbor. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if I get those to him or I don't know. There was talk the kids like to make. Um, what do you call it? A uh, fruit leather, like fruit roll up almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they might be using it for that. In which case, I don't think I can give them away. Uh, but should we talk about some football? Not as, not as packed as last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's, so MLS is over. We made it amazingly. <laughs> it actually happened. There was an MLS cup 2020 pandemia locura. Um, Columbus crew three, Seattle Sounders nil. We, I think we should take all the credit for this one. We uh, literally just tired out and took all the magic out of Seattle, and um, it showed. Right? I mean, you're welcome, Columbus. Yeah, that's what I said. I tweeted at someone and said, "You welcome, Columbus," and they were like, "Thank you." And I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, it's like that's what happens." We took all the magic away and. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like even a contest, it felt like, in a sense, right? It was like the crew from the get-go were like pressing, they were moving. We we knew how dangerous Diaz can be on the wing. We, my, my, um, my thing for me was how the new kid Morris, the 19-year-old, played very yeah. soundly yeah. for a 19-year-old. Especially Coming in for Darlington Nagby. I mean, yeah, that, exactly. that was the, the huge loss mm-hmm. for, for, you know, their playmaker for COVID. And yeah, to turn to the the child <laughs> right. who yeah, just put just, an amazing performance in. Right. They and, just and, expected him to physically fill some space. And I don't think anyone really saw that performance coming. It was awesome. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, you know, early 2017 when Minnesota United was trying to fill the, the left wing and we just put anybody out there and so we just needed a body but no he he did great i mean diaz has always been dangerous um but um wow how much of a difference is a really good mobile number 10 make you right <laughs> i mean Recognize so, it. it's it's crazy yeah yeah i mean cr- credit to uh to caleb porter for you know completely flipping yeah. things around knowing that he was going to put the the kid in for Nagby and they lost uh, Pedro Santos too, another big piece. And, you know, rather than kind of sit and absorb and counter and all that stuff, he's just like, let's just go at him <laughs> for 90 minutes. Let's just go at him. <laughs> and, and it worked. <laughs> Best defense is great offense, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I, one thing I wanted to highlight, we had the, the first woman to officiate an MLS cup. That's never happened before. Catherine Nesbitt, she was an assistant rep. We've seen her before in regular season matches, but this was a big deal because it was the cup, the championship. Um, let's just zoom through some of the highlights. We've already touched on some of them. We can go to that first 
Zellerian goal, which was just amazing. Uh, 24th minute, the one-time volley off the cross. And it almost looks like Fry's going to stop this thing. But somehow it like it sneaks under his elbow. <laughs> it's the haircut. It's, it's the incredible. haircut. <laughs> Every game he's had a different haircut, I think. So I think yeah. it's the haircut. He messed yeah. with it. But I think the, here's one of the things that 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 was interesting from that. I, I we didn't do enough, even though we were successful against Seattle. On that set piece, we we were pushing the ball more towards in between the keeper and the six yard line. So then the keeper had to make a decision. And this one. The crew just kept on throwing crosses all the way from like almost feel like half field, just trying to mm-hmm. test that back line. And then on on this one, you know, they saw Zellerian was wide open and beautiful touch. You, oh, yeah. you can't really say much. And um, you know, you paid good money. Like if anyone's paid good money out of all the clubs that had big signings, we have the SKCs with, uh, we have the SKC Wells, we had ours with Reynoso, mm-hmm. you had uh, Columbus with Salarayan. I can't, um, there was the Egoine, but Inter didn't do anything. So, like, you really <laughs> think that Columbus hit it, right? You bring in Salarayan and you win, and you win an MLS Cup that you haven't won. And so, but the whole like Disney TV drama to this whole like Columbus campaign was was really interesting it was hard not to root for it to tell you the, the truth for me yeah. at least totally. Bridget you want to add uh yeah I mean Celeron has been involved in some way in every single goal that crew has scored this season uh so huge huge return on investment from him um but yeah the you know in the lead up talking about uh you know, pre-court trying to move the team and then having to get a new stadium. And it's just insane, the trip that the club has been on the last three years. So No kidding. Yeah, the narrative was amazing. You want them to win like that just because of all of that bullshit that they've been dealing with for the last three years. Totally, totally. Well, speaking of him doing everything, the second goal happens shortly thereafter in the 30th minute. Uh, This time he's on the assisting end to uh, Etienne Jr., and I mean, I think the the shot and going near post was 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 really nice. It was a great shot, great goal. But again, the the awareness of I I love kind of the hesitation and the burn that Zelrayan puts on like two defenders, where he gets up to the top of the key, and he's like, "Am I going to shoot this or am I going to pass it?" And he kind of does that stop, like he's going to, you know, the hips move, and he he just does that shoulder fake, and the two defenders just immediately pull back. Which then lets the lets Etienne keep moving, and he's like, "All right, you fools, you just pass it right <laughs> off, boom, goal in." I mean, that was my favorite part of just just watching yeah. him just bite on that fake. <laughs> so there you go, two nil, into half. Um, I mean, Sounders were just getting mauled. It, it even they didn't even have any offense in this first half, did they? I don't remember them no. ever threatening really. They kind of looked like. United last season where you know you just can't get past the, the center circle yeah they'd, uh, they'd press forward a few times but it was always really easily picked off for a counter uh, and in they, the sec yeah. yeah I was just going to just jump jump to the second half I mean I felt like they started to kind of try some things but it really yeah. didn't happen until towards the end I, I marked like the the 71st there was a bad clearance bouncy ping pong situation there and in, in Columbus's end and eventually Morris tees it up for Lodero, who just shoots it wide. 
And then shortly after that, it's another one of those Svensson running up, uh, you know, center back headers that I know Rodrigo loves to see, but again, goes just wide. And after that, again, it was just like, okay, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> because sure enough, it's a lot of going to do a lot of things and puts in a third in the 81st uh, with Diaz just completely torching their left back, uh, cutting in and he does what he does. Two goals, one assist. You guys already talked about it. Yeah, I mean. Almost I, losing the go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say also, like, you know, uh, Mensa in the back line was was big this year for them, too. And how nice it is to have, like, a solid center back yeah. who's willing to step so specifically. You know, this, it, it's, it's a good story. I mean, Seattle, first half was horrible. Like, they didn't know what to do or what they were doing. Um, second half, they came out you know, were more on in the game, but they weren't really controlling the game at that point. Right. And I think it's just, you know, we literally sucked out all the magic out of them. Like they totally looked like, and I'm sure they're no, Minnesota it's... United. We're taking the credit. We did right. this. That's exactly. That's <laughs> like, Columbus crew sent us a couple, sent us some gam and Tam and then <laughs> well, we'll call it even. That's funny. Um, I had something I was going to say. Now I lost it. Um, Which oh, one was your right. favorite Celeroyan goal? The first or the third? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I, I like the strike. Like, I'm, I'm always a sucker good, for good volleys. So, like, the first one, like, just off the volley was was pretty dope. But, I mean, to get to get that third one icing on the cake, just to, like, put it away. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um Two nil at halftime. We were all, well, not all of us, but a lot of Minnesota supporters were joking around, like, "Oh, here we go, two nil up on the Seattle Sounders." <laughs> we, We've we been, here, been before. here before, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Even the commentators were saying that they're like, "Well, if you haven't been watching, you think that this is really good, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we know better." So come back for second half. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but turns out they got it done. Yeah, in a, in a huge way. So congrats. Yeah. Um, Throw it to everybody else. Which which one was your favorite Zellerayan goal? I like the first one. I'm also a sucker for volleys, so mm-hmm. I like I like yeah. anything that has to do of uh, of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that was my favorite. But I also think also too is it's just that um, I felt bad for uh, for Ibarra because I wanted him. The mm-hmm. only reason I wanted to see him besides Rui Diaz, I wanted Ibarra to get a ring somehow, even if yeah. it's just yeah, that's the bench. Right. It's worth mentioning, yeah, because he was he was in the in the eighteen, so. Mm-hmm. And so, right. but no, so, but no, and now he doesn't have a team. <laughs> Bridget, Sheila, any other little things to add here on the, on the final? Um, so what's happening with Ibarra? He was uh, released from his contract. So maybe he'll get picked up with another MLS team. Maybe he'll go. USL, I don't know. Is, is there a possibility he goes back to Lega Miakis? I don't. I, I have no idea. I well, I mean, Leon did make it far, right? Yeah, Leon won it all. We'll yeah. talk they, about that in a little. That's bit. what I'm saying. They've had a couple. <laughs> yeah. they've had a couple new coaches, I think, since uh, he was last there. So there I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, more than likely, like he's going to be the 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 thing about Ibarra this season was. That early in the Seattle Sounders season, he got all the opportunities in the world to produce and score. 
I mean, I don't know how many goals he missed, but it must yeah. have been like six or seven. He could have easily scored. There was like two or three in one match. <laughs> yeah. And so like if, if he would have put any of those away, we'd be having a different conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get, that's right. That's right. So I don't know. I mean, like LAFC took Raheem Edwards and he barely played. Yep. So I would, I would, I would probably look to see if there's a team that's looking for depth in the <clears> midfield. So I don't know. We could see we could see him play in Chicago. To be honest, I mean mm. they just they just traded away their midfielder, so they might need some depth in that way. Expansion team might need depth, anyways. But that's um, you'd have to go through uh, uh, Reina to see how that that kind of figures out. And and who's the coach in Austin? Uh, what's his name? Wolf. Yes, Wolf. Thank you. <clears throat> Well, before, one last thing I just wanted to say before we wrap up on MLS Cup and I guess the weirdness of the entire uh, 2020 pandemic campaign. Um, we talked about Aiden Morris. He is, he becomes the second teen to play and win an MLS Cup uh, joining Landon Donovan. And also that was apparently the largest defeat in MLS Cup history. 3-0. Ouch. Yeah, made it through. So congrats to the crew again, all crew supporters, especially well, with everything that they've gone through, as right. mentioned. And the good thing about is, this made it through. We yeah, made I mean, it. The, one one of the highlights for me for this season is watching the amount of youth players getting opportunities and delivering. Yeah. So we can we can we can throw in uh, Ed Morris in there. You can throw in um, um, Caden Clark. Mm-hmm. You can throw in uh, Giancarlo Busio. You can throw in uh, Pepe. Uh, I mean, these these academy teams, these these teams are, are developing players. And like in the Dallas, Dallas is like uh, it's got a full second squad they could probably do. Um, but it, oh, it it's looking nice. that way, and so that's that's <laughs> that's the interesting part, right? I mean, LA Galaxy has depth in that too. I mean. It's 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 nice to be able to see kids getting playing time. Well, except for Absolutely. our kids, right? But well, yep, yeah. yep. Um, let's jump to some Minnesota news, Bridget. I'll throw this to you because this is from you, uh, talking about uh, defender Callum Montgomery from uh, from Dallas, the aforementioned Dallas. Do you want to say a little bit about him coming to Minnesota United? Uh, there's really not a whole lot to say other than him coming in as more of a depth piece probably uh you know dallas does have that depth so we're seeing a lot of those players kind of float around the league uh he spent most of this season in usl uh he was the teammate with dane when he was on loan mm-hmm. um, i mean solid solid center back but it's kind of starting to become a, a six degrees of separation with DSC and on this team, <laughs> or one one degree. DSC, Esper, Montgomery, the occasional opponent from yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's. I think he's a, he's a good pick. Okay. First of all, yeah. Center back depth always a good thing. Yeah. Whether we'll actually see him if he turns into an Edwards or if he turns into a Chase Gasper remains to be seen, but right on. Well, let's get to the big one. This dropped on 
Tuesday, like at like three in the morning or something like that. I think I, I got it. it. Was it was a weird, it weird was, hour? Yeah, it was after midnight. Right. Ridiculous. So uh, yeah, via Kevin Molino's Instagram, he basically says what what appears to be a goodbye. Um, has has the team has the team confirmed this? I don't think they have yet. Have they? No, they have not. But it seems like rumors are flying and deals are starting to be made or, or there's interest at least um, that he just didn't get his uh, his salary that he wanted. And I mean, we're talking about, I got this here from uh, Tenorio talking about 2020, six, 612,000, even with a 15% bump, you know, that would just take him to like a 637. He's not going to get like the DP uh, million or million plus thing that he may be looking for. Um, so, I mean, at least in theory, it's, it's bye-bye hot boy. But yep. he, he made that apparent on his Instagram feed. So yeah. I don't know. And, and you'll remember when Darwin did the same thing and then the team had confirmed it. And then, you know, was it weeks after there was a trade, right? So, mm-hmm. so well, I don't sure his. I'm sure management's still trying to negotiate something. They had thrown, yeah. like, they offered everything that they possibly could. Um, so they say. But, right. yeah, so it, it'll be a while before we actually see an official announcement, I would think. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they're still trying to get numbers. Yeah, yeah salary, around. Oh, go ahead. salary and finances in the MLS is like literally trying to figure out the Rubik's Cube in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. Because like I, I can't figure it out for the rest of life of me how to like all this works out at all. I wish it was much simpler. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and oh, the extra and time, guys. Go ahead, Sheila. I was just going to say, yeah. And I mean, in some ways, it, it's like sort of meaningless this year because this year was a complete loss for the owners. I mean. That's true. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. yeah that, that came out too. Lost a lot of money. <clears throat> the extra time guys were talking that there still could be a possibility that this does get worked out, but I don't know. It's just, I, I mean, does, there's a chance, but once a player announces it, like at least uh, the numbers, right. They don't, they don't, they don't, shine kindly on, on, the, on the player who yes. says they're leaving. So That's right. That's right. So, I, 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 and, and it seems like why would uh, Minnesota United want him to stay at that at this point? Well, the answer to that is just the the Heath-Molino uh, relationship yeah. that we've talked about here before. I mean, there's there's just another co- not another coach that loves him and believes right. in him in the way that uh, Adrian Heath does. If this was any other player... He'd, like they would have announced it like six hours after he did. But I mean, players try that all the time to put pressure on him. We've seen it multiple times with Minnesota, but yeah, it's, it's more puzzling just because he is Keith's guy. Yep. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but right. nothing. Well, and then, and that, and that begs the question, what is the relationship then between Heath and the owners and why wouldn't they listen to him? If, if this is the, if this is the star player, according to the coach, maybe the coach is out. What? 
they only have so much money to throw around at a guy who's injured more often than not. So if they're going to throw money at a player, it's going to be someone more like uh, Amaria or, you know, one of those younger guys who, you know, is going to produce. Sure. But yeah, so the begs the question, I guess, is he going to stay in MLS? Is he going to go to try for like Liga MX? Rodrigo was joking around saying, "Go, go to Goyas. Yeah, I would go love that. Goyas, Goyas, make, Goyas found him. <laughs> make it happen. Take it, Rodrigo. I, I, I honestly don't know where he could go. To be honest with, he's a thirty-one-year-old midfielder who has had um, two ACLs, right? I believe. Yep. Um, and so. It makes it really tough to not see someone in a position that is not the best. I mean, he knows he can't go USL because he's not going to get paid the money he wants to. The only way I see, I mean, in the way the numbers are set up is I don't know what is the max that he could get unless he gets DP money. I've seen that he, I haven't been able to work out the numbers either, but a few people have said he's not going to get any more money than we offered him to go anywhere else in MLS. But it's not like he can just, you right. know. And, and that's, a, that, that's a troublesome thing is, is to try to figure out, you know, what, what other options is. And the other thing, too, is, like, if you're asking him to be a 10 and a creator, it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You don't know we, what you're going to do. We saw that do. happen. Yep. So yep. his best option is to go where there's another established playmaker that can just feed him the ball. And with the moves that uh, with the moves that um, uh, Henri has been making as of lately, that might not um, that might not be a, a bad option. But I don't know if that's something that you know, if they're not going to pay him the same, you know, then I I, I, I mean, I, it's just it doesn't make sense. Vamos embora Goiás Esporte Clube. Jogue o dinheiro meu. Um, the, fun, the funny thing, the funny things I would have loved because in the report that Paul Tenorio, or at least the tweet that he sent out, he says that Molino didn't trigger the incentives parts to lock the, lock the next level. It's like you're playing a video game, right? <laughs> next level unlocked. I wonder what that was. That would have been just a curiosity. What was that last next level thing that he needed to unlock to yeah. get more money? So, Well, Kate Sophia put out her, her classic knit. Uh, that she did from the very first starting lineup of 2017. And the only one that was still on there was Kevin Molino. So they are all now officially gone. (laughs) Just looking at those names. Don't depress us. Come on now. Memories. Uh, Rodrigo, you already mentioned Raheem. How dope would it be? We'll talk about this in a second when we get to to CCL, but I want to see Raheem jump in that champions league and like blast (laughs) an assistant that, Oh, Please give that to me. Is, I is he available at all? I don't think so, right? I don't know. Probably not. I just yeah. want it to happen, though. <laughs> that would be great, yeah, because because he would have to be already in the bubble, right? Because they're in a bubble in in in, my, in Orlando and Florida. Either one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think it's really interesting because he fits in the system of like someone who needs to who can be box to box and then just give you energy, and he'll do that. So who knows what happened? In the aspect of like what happened here, but I, 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 I had I get an inkling that Heath gets gets more into arguments or doesn't like as many of his midfielders as he does his center backs and defenders, 
right? Because it just doesn't seem to work well for if you're a midfielder coming to Minnesota football, Minnesota United, and then just trying to make a name He's for yourself. more forgiving with the back line than he is with any other position on the squad. Because those guys you see locked in until they like do some massive like mistake. But yeah, everyone else will rotate through and he'll he'll just drop if if he's not a big fan. So does, does anyone have the rundown of who we are actually in conversations with in regards to um, offering an extension or picking up their option? Is it Hayes, uh, right? Harrison. Yeah, we looked at that last week. We, we, yeah, we focused. Right? Yeah. Nothing has changed this week. Yeah, we focused more on those that were on their way out, <laughs> or or were still in negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridget and I were were joking around about this one on Twitter. The the league's cup, which I completely forgot was a thing that existed, <laughs> and and apparently if if this qualification stands and there is an actual leagues cup with Liga Emiakis teams um, next year, Minnesota United would be qualified for this thing, even though it is kind of like the Europa league of, of North America. Yep. <laughs> Cause we were joking. Go ahead. Take it. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. Like all it is, is exhibition games. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was asking you, I'm like, well, what's the incentive? Do they, is there a birth for CCL? You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of money for the owners yeah it was when they introduced it it was about the same time they started talking about like the the merger with Liga and so it's kind of a like playing around with that idea and seeing if it'll actually work um logistically and if it gets viewers but i mean they've tried it once they played it 2019 obviously it was canceled this year um but it's, I think, double the spots for 2021 if it were to happen. So yeah. uh, they're going to try to get their money's worth out of it and <laughs> fill the gap of two seasons there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's like, of course, I want to see the team play some tougher competition and maybe some yeah. Liga Miyake's teams. But on their hand, it's like if they're struggling in, in MLS or if they really yeah. have games to focus on, then if, yeah, they'll just throw it away, right? Bad, yeah. Exactly. You know, if they're condensing things, the last thing you want is to be in another, uh, have another set of competition to deal with. So exactly, that's that's exactly where I'm at. Um, this one just made me laugh. I I love this story so much. This is Inter, Inter Miami and and their coach <laughs> Diego Alonso. So do you want to take it? Maybe you, you you can narrate it better, Bridget, if you want, or Sheila. I don't know if you saw it or not. Yeah, I can. it's so good. I'll Go try. ahead. Uh, yeah, so the Athletic one morning uh, puts out a tweet that they had fired the coach. And then about you know, an hour later, they put out another tweet saying that they uh, published an article by mistake. Uh, and they've deleted the article and the tweet because it turns out that he hadn't actually been fired. He goes into a meeting with ownership and they're talking about uh, probably about the season and all the things that went wrong. And he came out of the meeting with the impression that he had been fired and starts calling I told him, people oh, to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, guess what guys? I've part. been fired. And then the club says, uh, no, that's, uh, it's not quite how it went. So he's not so fired. Uh, <laughs> at least oh. maybe he is now. <laughs> just what a classic MLS face palm. <laughs> 
hilarious. I mean, this is, but I, the thing is, it's like, that's what they say. You know, I mean, they, they very well may have said something that. I'm sure they did say something that made it sound like he was fired and, but. Well, now the other question is, is the hand forced now? Like, well, shit, I guess we do have to fire him now. (laughs) You know, it's because he wasn't, he he wouldn't wear the BLM shirt in the Orlando tournament. So that's why. (laughs) He was like one of the few coaches that wasn't wearing the shirts a couple of times. So like. Yeah. That drove me insane. Plus he dressed like he was going to a business meeting in like 90 degree weather humidity at 9 p.m. It's like I did not understand that. I do remember that. I just oh I laughed so hard. So good. (laughs) Um it really is like the perfect illustration of the lack of communication in this league. Yep. Top flight, baby. Top flight. Um, who wants to talk some uh, MLS expansion? We've got a new team, in theory, coming in 2021 with the uh, Austin FC, little tree roots. Nice. I, I think the Shield's pretty dope, even though uh, fuck Anthony Precourt always. Yep. Um, who wants anybody uh, watch this? Want to talk about? It? I mean, the one name that stuck out to me was uh, Joe Corona. I recognize that name. Played a lot in Liga MX at uh, Club America and. Now at the Galaxy, coming from the Galaxy. Any other moves or any other things that you guys saw? Claudio Reyna is just a cool guy. I just like listening to him talk and kind of trying to hear what he might be doing. And it's fun to listen to him, to him talk about Gio, too. Like he's, he's just like a regular dad. He's all worried and concerned. And, oh, you know, he gets nervous. And I'm like, man, your kid's just like lighting up Bundesliga right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Whoever wants it. They did sign Ring, was it? Was it? Is that who they got, or they traded for? Yeah, just yesterday or the day before. Yeah, I think that's a solid pickup. But I, I think teams should be following more of the um, Nashville model in the aspect of you get a good center back, you get a good defensive mid, you kind of solidify your defense in that sense, and then you wait to develop, right? And I think. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that you might want to try, um, and, but you know I, I think it's a it's a decent start. I think Corona is okay. He needs more chances. I I think there's center center. I'm trying more concerned about who they're gonna do for defense right now. But but there's still I mean, time for them to figure well, it out. So. They're they're picking guys who are pretty versatile. I mean Danny Hosen is typically seen as an attacker, but he can play in midfield. Uh, Corona just didn't get all that much opportunity with LA and he'll get a lot more of that with right I mean when you have a Christian Pavone yeah and that's you that's who you're competing against you're not going to that's true you're not going to get a lot of playing time to be honest with and I I don't even know what's going on with Pavone so we'll see so and they got the two uh Paraguayos coming too one one's forward one's midfield if I'm not mistaken right uh oh so the tree roots will have Mate and and their, that's right. their Mate emoji next to their, uh, their oh, yeah. logo. Sure they, let's make sure to send them a memo not to share the bombilla. Okay, I'm saying, <laughs> saying. Um, all right, CCL. Let's jump into it I, again. I, I almost forgot this tournament wasn't finished because of <laughs> coronavirus and COVID and everything. I was I like, oh yeah, that's right. Forgot about it until I got yeah. a score played on my phone. I'm like, why are we talking about LAFC? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. So uh, Rodrigo alluded to it earlier. They're all, they're all holed up in Orlando uh, doing the, uh, the bubble. And they were down to, we started with quarterfinals, basically. Yes. So yeah. you had uh, Olympia from Honduras already coming in with, I want to say it was a one, two, what was it? Two nil, two one, two one lead over Montreal Impact. Impact actually won this game, won the first, won the second leg here, one nil. But Olympia uh, on aggregate, or maybe it was, I don't know how they do home field if, it, if it's in a neutral. But anyway, Olympia goes through. Do you guys know? I can't remember. No, nope. I don't know. It was probably weird. goals, goals or something, or who knows? We no, just make shit no, up. No, it, it, it has to be determined. It was, it was goals away. Okay. Like if you if you score while you're away, it, it's it, the goals, the points are it's valued more than you are if you score at home. Well, that I know, but uh, it doesn't matter. Like I was thinking, the first match was actually in Honduras, wasn't it? I who think knows? so. I don't know. Um, the one that's much more clear is a is Tigres NYCFC and NYCFC God, didn't score any. Game. Yeah, they didn't score again. So Tigres put two on them, so they win three nil aggregate. They're through. Uh, so you know the crappy thing about that was like right off the bat, two of the four MLS teams are gone. <laughs> Just bye bye. <laughs> uh, and then shortly thereafter, you had Atlanta and America. America coming in with a huge lead already, three nil. Atlanta actually win. They won this. They won the match on the 16th, one uh, nil. But aggregate again, they lose three one. So America's through. We're down to one one MLS team, LAFC. They had tied Cruz Azul in the first leg, nil-nil. Uh, and they actually beat them. They won two to one. They survived. Bella got a goal, and I can't remember who scored the other one. But uh, yeah. So we got one MLS team, two Liga Miakis, and the Honduras team is kind of where we're at. And that all goes down tonight, the first leg of CCL semifinals. You'll have Tigres against Olympia. And LAFC against Club America, which whew, that should be a fun match. I'm not sure. If, I was trying to check in with uh, some some of the crew on Twitter. It sounds like there might be a possibility that Twitter and Facebook will be carrying some of these. I, I haven't got a confirmation 100, percent but they if they I, did. Go ahead. From last season, they did at least. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. At least the final, for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean. Well, they Club did for the America. quarterfinals. Club America doesn't impress, to be honest with you. So, I still can't get onto my Twitter account. Oh, really? <laughs> you locked out? You... Yeah. What oh. did you do? I have experience in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Except you. Uh, how long did it take to get back on it, Eric? Wait, which still time? Not on it. You gotta be more specific. <laughs> oh, you just started a new account. No. He's got so many burner accounts. It's unreal. <laughs> uh, we, People we come to him. People come later. to him to ask about how do I <laughs> deal with this burner account? Right. <laughs> he has burner accounts upon burner accounts upon burner accounts. Actually, don't I don't. Um, do Do any of you think can, can LAFC pull this thing off? Do you think they could survive? Oh and yeah, win it. Yeah. I mean, look at look at look how many players they got back from that COVID MLS uh, playoffs. So they got Rodriguez, and they got the other Paraguayo, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the who's the Golden Boot winner? 
You you finally have a healthier Carlos Vela. I think that's the key right there. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yep. honestly, is that you know, defense always has been an issue with LAFC, but I think as long as you as as long as you play um, your game, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be able to. And like I said, America didn't impress in the first leg at all, and they don't impress now, right? I mean, like the chances. That's one thing, but but assuming Tigres win on the other side, you know? They oh yeah, but Tigres, Tigres, yeah, Tigres, Tigres is good. If Tigres doesn't do anything, or if Tigres just plays the bench against Olympia, mm-hmm. that'd be a much fairer match. But I don't yeah. see that, right? We'll and I, and I, I, but I, but I think if you think about it, right? I mean. If it wasn't for Memo Ochoa in the last game, you know, it would have been a different outcome. Uh, but if you give LAFC those same opportunities, more than likely they're going to score on those. Yeah. So. I just put the reminder out for listeners that no MLS team has ever won this thing. A few have come very close, but it'd be it'd be historic if they were able to pull it yeah. off. It'd be nice to be able to get further down the, the list mm-hmm. of um, bucket list things that we have to do. But no. I think it's possible. I think a Tigres, um, yeah. So the first leg is two legs, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, we'll see how well it goes. Uh, Jumping to some a pretty big player award, uh, U.S. Men's Player of the Year goes to Weston McKinney. He uh, he got presented the award in his full uh, UVA training (laughs) warmups, which is which was pretty cool, and that's some nice things to say and. Yeah, well-deserved. I mean, the, the kid's having a freaking amazing year and just scoring unbelievable video game goals. I've still got that sideways scissor kick volley from last week's like stuck in my head. I mean, that, that was, was gorgeous. Out of I, this world. I've watched that on replay so many times. It's like, yeah, it's like watching. Ooh. You ever watch Super Campeones? I remember it. Okay. There's, there's this anime... <laughs> In the 80s and it's just recently been rebooted a couple years ago called Ke- captain subasa it's all about soccer so they make these amazing soccer plays right usually a player a player will get the ball and dribble down dribble down try to dribble down across the the, the field usually they'll take two episodes right because apparently they can't you know everything is a monologue and everything's internal and they're going through regardless some of the shots that they take are like but Weston McKinney's totally reminded me of one of those shots. I was like, wow, that's just crazy how he's able to flick through at it. But well-deserved. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally, Shaolin Soccer, right. And I think he well-deserved. And uh, I think it was, a, it was a Carlos Bocanegra who uh, was able to – the whole video is that he he had a video for him saying, you know, he congratulations. And, and um, no, that I mean, well-deserved. I, I can't argue totally. about that. Totally. Um, I'll throw it to you, Bridget, on this one, or, or Sheila, if you guys want to talk a little bit about this new partnership. This this just broke recently, I think yesterday or the day before. MLSPA, Black Players for Change, and SCORE, one that I'm not totally familiar with, but I'll uh, let you talk on it. Sounds sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't been able to find very much on SCORE either. Um, but it'll be, it's really just a, a big, push to actually uh, cooperatively um, force some changes to be made and to hold MLS accountable. Uh, Black Players for Change has obviously been uh, huge this season uh, in keeping that uh, discussion on the platform 
um, the Players Association has as well. So to see them come together and not only talk about uh, racism in the game, but um, equity in all forms, whether that's uh, LGBTQ, color, everything. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a big cooperative for the league. Yeah, I like to see the, the solidarity between the different organizations and it's good. It can only be good. Right on. Well, let's take a little break. We'll dive into some internationals. We got uh, some Champions League, Libertadores, PL, and uh, some other stuff too. AFC, they, they played super early this morning. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. Rodrigo, Bridget, and Sheila are here. My name is Eric. Let's move to some EPL from last week. I think, I, I, I guess we just zero in kind of on the on the Liverpool teams because that will come back again. So, let's see. Where did my thing go? I'm going to skip the, the last week. Let's go to Wednesday the 16th because that's where I'm looking at. So, Everton beat Leicester 2-0. And, Bridget, I'll let you talk about your Liverpool. Uh, you had one versus two, Liverpool versus Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, battle, a tussle back and forth. It was 1-1 for a very long time. It, it, it almost... I think I tuned in like about the 60 something, maybe 70th minute. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have like the, the gentleman's draw and just let things kind of roll between these two superstar coaches and nothing's going to change the table. And then <laughs> I threw it to you. <laughs> and then 89th minute for me, jumps for a header and it goes in and just completely sucked all the momentum out of Tottenham. Uh, there was enough stoppage time that it looked like they probably could have equalized that again. But uh, yeah, huge result. I mean, they were tied on points at the top of the table. Uh, and I think Tottenham was actually a, a little ahead in goal differential. Um, <laughs> not for long. We'll talk about that later. Not as of today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, yeah, huge result. Very, very huge. And I don't know what's going on. The, the, Dirty uh, Liverpool ocean water is is got some superpowers in there right now because man that table that's all Liverpool. Look, since, um, we're, since we're bringing up dirty Liverpool, yeah. Um, thanks to you guys for um for for replying to my uh, Twitter post about trying to figure out how to order gear. Oh, you have to explain sudden, that a little bit. I, I didn't understand the whole the whole context. Look, I I I had a moment of weakness and what is it? Moment of um innocence in the aspect that if i would ask a twitter how how do they get their their you know their their um the epl gear you know would be would be i would get some nice legitimate answers and i did not right eventually Corey shreppel tagged whoever is the representative for liverpool gear and then they just kept on tweeting at me asking me if i wanted to change sides and i was like no <laughs> I was like, are you sure, mate? Are you sure? Are you <laughs> sure funny. you don't look better in red? 
<laughs> no, no, I do not look better in red. The only red I'll wear is the Peruvian red. So, uh, now yeah, I so understand. like I, I left myself wide open for that. <laughs> One of the reasons why I hate Liverpool. That's what hilarious. I do know um, is that we need more Rodrigo doing British accent content. <laughs> we definitely need to increase that for our subscribers. Oh. Nice, nice. Now I get it. Now I get it. Okay, so we did uh, Liga Amiakis. We talked about this uh, a little bit earlier. We, are, we talked about the first leg. Uh, Leon had won. Uh, I think they tied, right? 1-1. Leon and Pumas, and then they played again, and Leon kind of shut them down. 2-0 is your final score. Uh, I, I think the main main story here, so congrats to Leon. They win the uh, Leguia. But but the uh, there was, in the 53rd minute, this, this cross comes in, and a defender and I think a, a forward both go up. And, I mean, it is a brutal bonk. Like, one of those that I was not going to retweet or repost because one of the guys goes down and just – does not get up. Um, we, we, we talked about it recently with Jimenez there and the Wolves. It was, it was a pretty similar situation. I mean, he was, he was taken off in the, in the stretcher with oxygen and all that and recovering now in the hospital, but it, it was, it did not look good. Did not look good. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, Leon, there you go. They're your champs. And, and yeah, I mean, they were strong throughout the whole season mostly. So it was, it was, it, it was, you know, it's been a weird season. So, but I, I, I do have I, I used to have a bunch of Pumas jerseys. I gave it away to a friend who's a big Pumas fan. So I have one. So they they, they were they were displaying it on social media, you know, they were who they were rooting for. But um didn't and this is maybe going back, but didn't the EPL make an announcement regarding uh concussions? Like they were gonna add an extra sub for concussions. I want I didn't hear that. That sounds like a good idea though. It was part of the negotiations for uh, this season's rule change with the FA. So it would have come in at the same time as um, the new handball rules and BAR rules. But they didn't actually uh, send it through. It didn't get enough votes. People didn't think it was really all that important. Wow. And obviously we're seeing just how important <laughs> that is. Right, right, exactly. And this, it's, I, I mean, that, that's one of the things where, like, I, I enjoyed – the extra fifth sub aspect of it so far in our league. And I'm hoping that that's something that stays because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you would imagine in our semifinal and in the conference finals that we played in, like if we only had three, it it really would have hindered what we would have to do in that aspect of it. So why does having more subs uh, help with concussion, the concussion issue? So that they don't, um, it prevents them from trying to play a concussed player or potentially concussed player. Mm. So the reason that they don't always follow concussion protocol is because it would mess with their lineup and mess with their substitute situation. I see. So in order to enforce concussion protocol, they want to say, hey, if you have an extra guy, will you actually bench a player who mm-hmm. took a blow to the right. head? Um, a different take would be like you know how like there's like 52 men roster for a a football team like an american football team right mm-hmm. and yeah. like sometimes american football players will get hit really hard and they concuss and then they're out for like a couple you know 10 15 minutes and then they'll they'll announce they're going back in or they're out it's because they have enough players to be able to sub them in for that position exactly. 
right. they can actually take them off the field, go evaluate and, them, and bring evaluate them, them properly. In soccer, it doesn't happen that way. At least right now, it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> you step across the touchline, they look in your eyes for a couple minutes, and then they send you right back out on right. the or, or, or wrap your bleeding head in like toilet yeah. paper and send right, you back exactly, out. Right. you on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that's important here is that as a coach, like we all go through protocol, like we have to go through training to be able to try to identify concussion. But concussions come in, they can be come in so many different ways. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've experienced in our family quite a few of them. So, like, I know how that works. So I am aware. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't have to be just, you know, like, you know, a, a collision. It could be just the ball hits your face. Yeah. Right. If you and, just fall down hard enough, not even yep. hitting your head. And in order to diagnose those, you can't just take two minutes because, A, you have to deal with the human aspect of it. Right. You have a human being on the other side who wants to play. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's that aspect of it. And then there's you trying to evaluate and, and take care of them. So even though you have professionals out there that are, uh, I'm sure they have much better protocols and lists that they go down to to make sure that someone's concussed or they have a concussion, it, you cannot do it in two to five minutes. It takes much longer than that. For real. Yeah, hopefully they get that straightened out because yeah, we're talking about livelihoods and, and and lives in some in, yeah. in some of these respects right now like yeah exactly long term um jumping to champions league we have a round of 16 all set here um you all can tell me what you maybe you're interested in i'll just go through them quickly we've got uh gladbach versus man city lazio versus bayern atletico versus chelsea leipzig versus liverpool porto versus juventus barcelona versus psg sevilla versus dortmund atalanta versus real madrid what do you like A little bit from A, a little bit from B, and <laughs> definitely all of C. No, I, I think there's some really interesting. Um, like, I, I, I want to see how, of course, Bayern does. Um, I want to see how Sevilla does. I think Sevilla has been, you know, I think the, the, the typical um, Barcelona, PSG should be. Yeah, really interesting. That's, um, that's one of them, I think. Um, and then you look at Juventus, Porto, and then, of course, Liverpool. Um, I think they're all like I would watch all these games honestly, right? And that's, I think this is yeah, when it gets exciting for people who don't follow them, right? <laughs> don't follow yeah. the whole process. Like we get to the 16s, everyone's watching. Just like the Libertadores, we'll yeah. be talking later on. Yeah, everything yeah. starts watching. That's like my favorite time to watch is when we get to the rounds, the 16s. So. Yeah, the last few years we've had some where it was really lopsided, and some games uh -huh. just weren't that interesting whatsoever. Uh, but every single one of these, like you said, I. I would happily sit down and watch as neutral and just enjoy it. So I tend to agree. And I'm, I'm looking at that last one. I, Oh, I want to see Atalanta knock out Real Madrid so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Please give that to me. <laughs> this, this, the team we've talked about them on this program that they were just devastated by that first wave of COVID there yeah. in, in Northern Italy, like where everything was shut down and, and we came to find that it was the, uh, what they call it, the, um, the uh, ah, what the what's the word? The genetic bomb or whatever they said that that spread throughout the rest of Europe that came oh. from that stadium. There was there was a better term. I'm just it's just not not coming to me right now. But anyway, to just considering what that team and what that city is and it, everything, what they've all been through. Is it is it racist? No, it's not. This time it's not. 
this one time. Yeah, this one time it's not. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that that's the default because you're right. Usually, usually it would be. Oh uh, yeah, good times. Um, France put out their uh, top Ballon d'Or and just like greats of all time and. Some of these names I just haven't thought about for a very long time, like Yashin in, in goal, Maldini, Beckenbauer, Cafu on the back line. And then you've got Maradona on the right, the midfield, Xavi, Mateus, and then Pele on the left, up top, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo do Brasil. I'm not going to say the other way they say it. And then Messi. I mean, I like this. I just think it's hysterical that they, they put Pele like on like extreme left midfield, yeah. which... He's never ever done. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll take Pele on the left, right? I mean, yeah. If Adrian Heath is coaching, he's going on the left for sure. Everyone's going on the left. Everyone's going on the left. Messi, get him over there. Why not? Uh, I don't know if anybody has any comment. You know, it's, it's you know, it's kind of a dream lineup. Yeah, of, no, of it's, many it's a decades. fun little lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I mean, I'm particularly to Mateos and Beckenbauer and. Um, we talked about Maldini earlier, Pele, of course. I mean, I think I'd completely forgotten about Yashin. Yeah, me, me too. too. I, I totally <laughs> forgot us, about Yashin. All the way I was around. Like, <laughs> I was like, like wait, wait, is that, that is guy? that Yoshi Yoshi No, wait, no, that's Yashin. <laughs> I was like, wait, oh man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was fun. All right, let's do some Libertadores because they like Rodrigo saying it's gets getting fun now. It's getting wild. So because everything's still a little unba- in, unbalanced with, with COVID, there, some teams are in quarterfinals. Um, one team is still finishing their leg before. It's all over the place. But the ones that are in quarterfinals, we had the second leg of Palmeiras Libertad. I know last week we talked about it would be so nice to maybe see a Paraguayan team win this thing. It's not going to happen because Palmeiras just destroyed them 3-0. Uh, it's 4-1 to on aggregate. They're out. No more Paraguay. Um, on the other side, then the following day, Wednesday, the 16th, we had a, we had a couple matches we had. So we had the first leg of the, of the, of the still trying to get into the quarters and make up for COVID that was racing and Boca racing actually beat, beat Boca juniors, uh, one nil. So they're going to play again next week. If I'm not mistaken, I think that I put it in here How'd I put it in here 23rd on the 23rd, they play. So we'll have that one slot figured out. Um, on the other side, you had the two, two Brazilian teams, Santos and Grêmio, play. And it was just show jibala, like we say in, in Portuguese. I mean, Santos just run, ran them over. And we're, after the second goal, they were just having fun. I mean, it just it just looked like futsal. There were, there were tricks and spins and backflips and who knows what. And Grêmio couldn't do anything. It, it was fun to watch. I posted the some of the goal highlights just because they were they were just doing video game goals it was just insane right. so every, every right, goal right. was every game was every goal was better than the last goal they had four right. it was it was circle square triangle yeah <laughs> just insane that first goal where he he beats the beats the defender off the back pass and then goes all the way basically to the corner the keeper comes out it's like geography is not my strong suit but i mean it, it's like at a five degree angle maybe <laughs> and somehow he gets that shot into the goal just unbelievable stuff so good on them. Um, so both Palmeiras and Santos are through on opposite sides. And then you had 
Nacional and uh, River Plate, an Uruguayan and Argentine team. And again, similar Shojibala, but this time on, on Argentine side, uh, River Plate just blew them out 6-2 with an aggregate of 8-2. And again, they were just, at some point, they just were just having fun. <laughs> it was just a party. Okay, so, so here's a little his, Copa Libertadores history that um, sometimes shows up on my YouTube and the, the Comebol YouTube channel. Um, the last time that Nacional and River Plate played together, no, I'm sorry, no, this is Boca Juniors. Sorry, last time Boca Juniors and, and Racing played together, um, Boca had uh, Pavon and Lodeiro on that team. So like, wow, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? And I, and I think you know Nacional do do did what they could. I mean, I mean, it's like you know when you play the powerhouses of Argentina, it's like if you're not ready to bunker and then do it. I don't, I don't know anyone else. It, it was a, tight until about the, until the second half, basically like it was two, two for a little while. I mean, they were still back on aggregate and then river just like pedal to the metal and scored four more. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like uh but that's the thing about this, right? I just want to figure out how to watch these games. Rodrigo, do you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the VAR? Cause you, you I know you love that stuff. Oh, on, on the so like I've said before, right. like Come bowl, on YouTube, if you don't subscribe, subscribe. You get the goal highlights, go highlights, but you also get like these amazing breakdowns of VAR calls, and literally, like, I you know we all complain about VAR and we all complain it takes so long. Well, they really they break down and let you have this conversation. But in this occasion, they took it even a step further, where they were like talking. It was a conversation between one of the force referees or whoever the officials are. And the camera person who's playing, he's like, okay, press play, pause, next frame, next frame. This is the point of contact. Let's get a little pen, put the point of contact, bring the line over. Okay, so let's switch it back to the full view mode. I mean, like, it was like watching someone, like, create some sort of computer program. Like, they were going back and forth and, like, trying to, like, and then they would draw the line. And I'm like, oh, that person's online. You can go ahead and call it. It's, it's, good. it's a good goal. And I was like, wow. It's really cool to watch. It was. I and, was like, in wow. real time too. In real yeah. time too. It's like it took them what, like two minutes, right? Something like that. Yeah, it sounds felt right. like it. And then the thing to me is like, why can't we? Why can't MLS show us this part? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, they're not that complicated. Maybe they're just still trying to go by eye. I have no idea. But I don't know. But the the not only the technology, but the the process that goes through this whole thing, like. You hear you hear you hear a conversation of like three or four people having a conversation of what they're seeing and including the referee and it's mm-hmm. and I thought it's just it's really intriguing and I really enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it would demystify it. I mean, it would it would, it would take just all the frustration out of it too that, that we as fans just you know you, you see the foul and then you wait two, three, sometimes five minutes until finally something is decided and you're like, well, okay, I guess that's it. You could actually you you'd have that through line understanding. Um, so anyway, we got some quarterfinals, or rather semifinals. Semifinals. We still have one quarter still. Um, so we're still we're still waiting on Boca and racing. Like I mentioned, that'll happen next week. They'll play Santos, and then on the other side, you're gonna have River Plate and Palmeiras. Both of these teams who are putting up five, six goals apiece throughout throughout the entire tournament. I I put in here the aggregate's gonna be like twenty to nineteen. <laughs> it's just gonna be full throttle offense with both these two teams it's going to be it's going to be a, a blast i can't right. wait it's going to be like a foosball a foosball score right something <laughs> or, or, or football mesa football mesa where it's 
Yeah. I have no idea who's going to win this tournament. I mean, again, because everything's so weird and messed up with COVID lunge and everything. I mean, any one of these teams, they all look really good. And I mean, the way Santos is playing too, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I, I think Santos, Santos is a really good shot. I think everyone, actually, everyone has a good shot of winning this. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It, it, it's where it's at. I mean, if I want the Disney TV drama made made to straight to DVD or straight to streaming service movie, it'd be Boca Juniors because Tevez is retiring after the season. So we could have a repeat. We could have a Boca River final again. Great. I um I have to say I am hoping River Plate. That's why I hope and and massive bricks flying all over the place and all of Barcelona right. fl- or Barcelona, sorry, Buenos Aires, <laughs> just yeah. glass shattered all over. And- I mean, do, would you imagine yeah. just the drama and like telenovela sense if there was a a Copa Libertadores final in Argentina, the year that Maradona died? I mean, it just even I if mean, you even if even if nobody could attend the stadium, I'm pretty sure the surroundings of the stadium would be like crazy maybe that's the pacifying factor though now that you mentioned that i mean maybe that's what actually would bring them together without any violence you know maybe Maybe. strong maybe (laughs) we're talking it we're talking about argentina and i said strong maybe (laughs) more like a negative strong (laughs) so we'll keep tabs on that and see how it all kind of pans out um la liga would just wrap things up here I thought this was wild. This was an interesting one. In uh, Thursday, I think they Barcelona and Real Sociedad played. Barca wins it two to one. But while this match was going on, I just had to laugh because you had, at the time, number one ranked, not Barcelona, Real Sociedad. Yes, they were number one coming into this match. And Barcelona was down at like seven or eight, a mid table team against the top team. <laughs> you never would have guessed which one it was. But Barca wins it, and they I think they're back up to like four or five or something now. It didn't last long, but caught my attention. Rodrigo, back to some more Colme Ballness. You have some news on the uh, feminine side. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. I'll throw it to you. So, as everyone knows, I subscribe to the YouTube channel, so it came up on my feed. Um, they made an announcement. The president made an announcement. I put it much better than... Um, the announcement was they actually apologized. Like he apologized to the aspect of the lack of development on the women's side and they want to make things equal. So they said all the right things in a sense. Right. But some of the key things that I caught from their announcement was in 2022, there will be a Copa America Feminino and it will be every two years, which is big news because all the other tournaments, national base was like, we didn't even know we're going to happen until like literally week of, in a sense, right? And it was all up to the federations to put it together. So it's good to see Copa Bowl studying uh, the tradition of a uh, Copa America Femenino. And I'm really excited for that aspect of it. Um, there will also be the creation of a Copa Intercontinental for professional women's clubs in 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 South America, so oh, I think that's cool. that's 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 really cool, and I think that's great now. Uh, and then they're also waiving for the next three years, like licensing fees for coaching, specifically for women or anyone who's trying to get to coach uh, women's team professionally in the aspect of it. So it's 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 good first steps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
unfortunately, you know, these are, you know, these, these shouldn't be like the end all of everything. But I think it's a good start. I think, of course, we need to talk about equal pay and specifically about facilities and all that. Specifically, if they, if the, if the president was like, yes, we we need to, and the only way to raise, you know, the football of South America, as he said, is to raise everyone's level, right? So, in order to raise everyone's level, you have to put money into it. So, I don't know how they're going to do that, but I'm pretty sure it has to be involved with with established clubs, uh, and so that should be interesting. Uh, but I don't know. Really, I'm excited and I'm also fearful at the same time, just because of how Comebol and CONCACAF and all the other confederate confederations are, uh, or federations are, are not very good at, at, at delivering what they, what they say. So, uh, but it's a, at least Copa America every two years, 2022 Copa America Femenino. It's good. We all can so wear in theory, our... we could have like a women's uh, Libertadores type thing. Yeah. I think that's what the Intercontinental is. I think they're building yeah. to a Libertadores thing, but Awesome. I think in order to do that, you have to build the infrastructure and clubs need to start oh, yeah. getting their own teams. And I yeah, think that's I mean, why the... yeah, I think that's why they did the whole licensing for three years aspect of it fees. Sure. So then you increase coaches, so then you are able to um, create clubs. But I'm I'm not sure. So interesting news for sure. Right on. Thank you. Uh, Bundesliga. I put this in here from yesterday. Uh, Dortmund actually got beat. Two to one by Union Berlin. I know, got some Union Berlin supporters. I, 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 I kind of fly all over the place when it comes to to Bundesliga, but they are one of the strong kind of left wing teams with uh, some radical supporters. So, and and for a long time, not even in the Bundesliga. So the fact that they've been sticking around and are actually beating some of the uh, the big dogs, as it were, it's it's good to see. It's a big win there. Bridget, this one is for you. This happened today, earlier, I think. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure who this person is. Is it Spires or Spears? How do you pronounce it? I, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I've never actually heard his name said out loud. Um, okay, I'll he's go a, ahead. So he's a sports reporter in Scotland for the Scottish edition of the Times. A uh, couple other bylines as well. Um, he's been in the business a long time. One of One of the big voices in football over there, so. Uh, so he tweets out this morning, I stand accused of sexism for this article in the Times today. Uh, he thinks that he's just writing about women's football and criticizing the game. Uh, but like every paragraph of the screen cap that he shared just gets worse and worse. Um, he's in short questioning women goalkeepers uh, and calls them... Uh, have you ever seen such a regular succession of clowns or ham-fisted disaster areas? He then asks, Wow. Or even maybe biological to women? It's utterly mysterious. And he's questioning how that is sexist when <laughs> he thinks he's just criticizing the game. Um, Yikes. His teeth was ratioed quite quickly. Uh, he's taking some flack from... Uh, Irish, Scottish, English journalists about this whole thing and, you know, the giant gap between uh, men's soccer and women's soccer in that region anyway. Uh, Harry Glendening uh, from The Guardian had a couple of good points uh, in the replies. Um, But it's just, 
I still can't really believe that he would actually write that and then question it. I haven't looked up the full article yet. Uh, I did Google him and it turns out that uh, there's for probably for every article that he has written, there's like five or six blog posts that denounce his stances on everything. Who Who's publishing this crap? Is It's not The Guardian. No, this was in the, the Times. It's like the, oh, the, the Times. London Times, but the Scottish yeah. edition. It's always kind of a tell when they say, I'm not a sexist, but, but. It's like, I'm not a racist, <laughs> but. I'm being accused of sexism for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's this guy, but it's also the publication and it's like people that, that's, yeah. that read this I mean, crap. Just someone edited this thing and and gave it a green light and put it in the paper so and there's a thing that happens where the this type of thing gets published in part because they know people will hate share it mm. yeah clickbait mm-hmm. dang uh well i refuse to end on a bad note i don't know if you guys noticed this but i've been trying to always put positive stuff in here towards the end uh so to that bridget i'm back to you liverpool played bright and early this morning and it was a beat down my goodness seven nil you kidding me against crystal palace uh fermino putting on a show he gets a brace and an assist go out go take it it's yours my goodness uh well you're welcome to my fellow liverpool fans i stayed in bed which tends to um help our chances a little bit uh, but yeah 3-0 at halftime and then four more just I, not a single one of them was a garbage goal by any means they were all just like perfect chances uh, so five different goal scorers each one was assisted by a different player so seven seven different assists I haven't uh, even made it through all the goals there's so many I think I saw four of them yeah the highlights the highlights video is like 10 minutes long. <laughs> they replay a few of them. And then if you go to uh, Liverpool's site, you know, they're like replaying and breaking down the first three or four. And then after that, they just like show the rest of the goals really quickly <laughs> because they were coming so fast that they didn't even right. bother to be like, oh, here's the goal. No, they're just like, goal Salah, goal Salah, goal. Uh, and Hodgson... Uh, Crystal Palace manager who's I, I think one of my favorite Premier League managers just a really personable guy just he's kind of like dad sitting on the bench off to the mm-hmm. side you know like cheering on his guys but uh, he just sat down at one point and like smirked and watched the whole thing happen he's <laughs> like I, I can't do anything anymore whatever right Right, right. So the other story here is with with Liverpool and Tottenham like jostling back and forth for that first spot. I mean, all of a sudden, your crew has a huge goal differential lead. The goals. It's they've they've had some really low scores this season. Lots of like one one two one. Uh, so to pad that average a little bit. Um, and it's so it's the largest win uh, for Liverpool in history. It's the uh, 
I think it's the largest gap at Crystal Palace. No one scores more than like three or four at Crystal. And that's that's one of the big away games that everyone fears. No one wants to play at Crystal Palace. Uh, so to go in there with them saying like they're a little concerned about this game, it's it's going to be a tough one. We need to really buckle down and make it happen and then <laughs> go home 7-0. Uh, three big points, seven big goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so much to say about this one. Congrats to you. Congrats to all the scousers out there. And then speaking more of Liverpool, I, I had to double check because this match was was going on while we started. Everton were playing Arsenal and Everton also won two to one, which at least for the time being, Tottenham, I think, plays tomorrow. You've got Liverpool number one right now and Everton number two. We're, we're, we're back to it. We're back to <laughs> Liverpool domination, the city of Liverpool. <laughs> kind of incredible. Yeah. Did not see that one coming. Um, just to wrap it up, the last thing I've got is uh, thank. I'll say thanks to our friend, friend of the pod here, MJ. He, he helps out every once in a while, especially on, on the Asian side. I appreciate that. They ended their AFC Champions League. They had the final today with Persepolis from uh, Iran and Ulsan Hyundai from Korea. And Ulsan wins two to one off of two penalties from who? That's right. Brasileiro. <laughs> we, get, we get shipped all over the place. <laughs> Brazil's biggest export. Uh, well, sorry. We've got soybeans, coffee, and futbolistas. That's how it works. Um, so, yeah, Negro scores two, two PK or one PK and another goal. And that's your final two to one. So they will be representing in the, uh, in the world club cup and that's how you say it club, club world cup club 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 world cup i mess this up every time <laughs> um that'll be that'll come in february in Qatar, i believe and so at this point you've got everybody basically but aforementioned uh libertadores and ccl once we have champions there it'll be set so bayern in europe alahi from egypt uh al duhail i think is how you pronounce it they're they get it because they're they're hosting. They're just like one of the big clubs there in Qatar. And then as of today, Ulsan Hyundai for the Asian Confederation. That's all I got. Yay. <laughs> nice. There we go. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, yep. listeners. <laughs> Bye. Till next time. Ciao, ciao.